right, so our last all right, so our last reading we ended on Mark 12:36. So let's go back to that. Mark 12:36 was talking about his footstool, which is talking about Yeshua being the line of David and the Ruach Kodesh talking to him saying you'll be my footstool. Your enemy will be his footstool under his feet. Okay, and we had Psalms 109 is in that. So I'm going to put Psalms 109. I'm just going to go ahead and look up. Psalms 109, and we will read Psalms 109 here. All right. So Psalms 109. Psalms 109, something or another. I don't remember. I just got distracted. We was looking at Mark 12. What's connected to Mark 12? Psalms 1091. Psalms 1091 state this. Yes, I know I fold my Bible. Psalms 1091. For the music of the director of the Psalms of David, a song of my praise to be not be not silent so it's a song of psalms which is a prayer against the accuser it says oh god my praise be not silent be not silent so he's, he's telling people do not be silent anymore speak your mind now let's go to Luke 20 42 now I'm leading somewhere with this reading these verses coming directly from my words that I've wrote down Luke 20 Luke 20 here we go, Luke 20 42. We are going to look at Luke 42. It says, For David himself said unto the books of Psalms, Adonai said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies my footstool for your feet. So there we go again with the footstool analogy. Where he's talking to his son that he's going to make him a footstool. His enemies his footstool. Which is a prophecy in itself. So we've now looked at most of the verses in. Okay, we got Acts. So let's look at Acts now, which is amazing that Acts 2 would actually have this in it, but it is there, as most Brevians would see it. And we are going to look at 34 and 35, and I'm going to read it straight. For David did not ascend into heaven. Yet he himself said, Adonai said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies my footstool for your feet, which is C. Again, it gives Psalms 110, 110, 101, and then 109, 1. 
Okay, we'll go to Corinthians, which clearly shows that the Bible connects things. We're going to 1 Corinthians 15. And yes, I am abbreviating when it comes to this stuff. 25. Let's see, 25. It says, For he must reign until he has put his enemies under his feet. He must reign until he puts his enemies under his feet. Interesting. And then Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1. 13 states exactly quote unquote but to which of the angels has he has has he, has he ever said sit at my right hand until I make your enemies my footstool for your feet Go to C and D, and it gives the same verses over again, except Isaiah 66. We still got Mark 2:10. We haven't looked at that in Isaiah, so let's write in Isaiah 66 1 at 5:35. Okay, we've got that. So let's go into Isaiah now. I know this this section is a little bit more involved. So we're going to go into Isaiah now. And see what Isaiah has to say. Sixty-six. Sixty-six. One. Okay, thus saith Adonai, heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where there is a house you would build for me, where is the place of my rest? Hmm. Good question. Thus says Adonai, the heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. So here we see it again. He's talking about the earth being a footstool. And he's asking, where would you build him a house for him? And where is a place of my rest? He's questioning the people. So now let's look up Matthew 34 and 35. Acts. Seven, forty-nine, and 50. So now we're going to look at Matthew. I know I'm getting somewhere with this before we go any further explaining anything. Matthew 5. Here's Matthew 5. Now we're going to look at 35. Matthew 5, 
And here's what he says. Or by the earth, for it is the footstool of his feet. Or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. Interesting. So now he's saying that do not swear on the kingdom. Gives us Isaiah 66 and then H gives us Psalm 48.3. That's a new one. Three. Let's just go to that one and see what it says. Forty-eight, three. A beautiful height, the joy of the whole whole earth is Mount Zion on the northern side of the city of the great king. So there we go. It's talking about the city. The great city is beautiful. So now, Acts. Into Acts and see what he wants us to look at. Seven. In this, where he's revealing the great city of Jerusalem. Seven. Forty-nine and fifty. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool of my feet. What kind of house will you build for me? Says Adonai. Or what is the place of my rest? Did not my hand make all these things? <clears throat> and in this he gives D, which is Isaiah 66, 2. We're getting somewhere with this. I did that. I want to mark this out real quick. 49. Now we need Isaiah 66 again. It says, for my hands have made all these things, so that these things can be, declares Adonai. But on this one will I look, one humble, of contrite spirit, who trembles at my word. So he's telling you what he looks for in a person that honors his words. So we see he definitely respects those that respect him, or in this case, fears him. Okay, now we are going to go back. We've done Exodus 14. 
Mark 2, 10 and 28 is the next one we was going to look at. And Mark, let's see, Mark, 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 10, no, Mark 2. Mark 2, 10. But so you may know that the Son of Man has authority to pardon sins on earth. He tells the paralyzed man. Mm -hmm, paralyzed men. And then he goes on to say in 28, 28, here we go. So the Son of Man, of Man, is Lord, even of Shabbat. So there you go. He's revealing who he is and what he is to us. This is what we're seeing, and this is what we're going to carry on in the next few verses. He's revealing who he is. He's the man of Shabbat. He's a man that created the Sabbath. He is the man that is the father of all creation. And his name is Yahuwah, Yeshua. So he's revealing who he is. He's Emmanuel. He's the father. He's the king. He's the prince of peace. He's the everlasting God of the universe. It's amazing. And... I'm not shocked one bit that he would reveal it in his timing. Because he's a God that knows all things. So I'm going to cut 10 minutes here. That'll give me time to take a break, do what I need to do, and I'll be right back. All right, everybody, I got some news. They're saying Warlock won Georgia. Or Warnock or whatever his name, another fool. And they've got another Democrat up in the up in the arms right now and Purdue's a fallen behind. So it looks like it's gonna go Democrat in the Senate this year. I'm not happy with this and I'm not gonna accept it, people. These people are progressives and they're gonna make their well known in the Senate now that they have the majority. It's not gonna work. And we got to fight harder than ever for Trump. It's going to be a fight. They're going to run a fight. Well, let's get back to our thing. I want to put this aside and, and start reading the remainder. I don't know how long I'll be able to do this before they cut us. Um, as I said, we were reading 10 and 27 is what we read. Math Mark. 2.10, we read the 28. So let's go back to our other verses we were looking at. Isaiah 11, 12. So let's go back to Isaiah and see what it says.
He lifted up a banner for the nations and assembled the dis- disposed of Israel and gathered the scattered of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So it's talking about Yeshua gathering everybody from the four corners of the earth. And it's talking about Matthew 30 and 31, 24. So let's look at Matthew 24, 30 and 31 and see what it says. Matthew 24, 31. And he will send out his angels with a great shofar, and they will gather together his chosen from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Talking about the coming of the Son of Man, which is interesting. And B, we have Isaiah 12, 11, and 27, which we just looked at. 12. We can also go look at 27 and 27, 13. Let me write those down. Isaiah 27, 13. Write that down. And Zechariah 9, 14. So let's go and look at Isaiah again. 27, and it will also come about that day a great shofar will blow. Those perishing in the land of Assyria and the exiles in the land of Egypt will come and worship Adonai on a holy mountain in Jerusalem. So it's talking about Egypt and Assyria. And it refers back to Matthew 24, 30 and 31. Okay, now let's go to Zechariah 9.14. There's 9. We're going to look at 14. Then and I will see, will be seen over them. As his arrow flashes like a lightning, Adonai Elohim will blow the shofar and the march in the whirlwinds of the south. Hmm. Interesting. A. 
gives you Matthew 31. It talks about the whirlwinds of the south. Okay, so let's go back to our next verse that we want to look at, which is 77. Okay, no, it's 2713. We've looked at both of those. Zerachah 14.9, we looked at that already. Isaiah 48. So let's go back to Isaiah 40 and 8. and eight let's see what it says the grass withered the flowers fade but the word of yahuwah stands forever so now he's saying his word stands forever mm-hmm. b Leads us to First Peter one twenty-two through twenty-five. Let's see what this says in First Peter. One. Twenty-five. For you were called to this because Messiah also suffered for you. Leave you an example so that you might follow his footsteps. He committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. When he was abused, he did not return his abuse. While suffering, he made no threats. Instead, he kept entrusting himself to the one who judged righteously. Mm-hmm. Okay. We go on to see he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we removed from sin might live for righteousness. By his wounds we are healed. For you, like sheep, were going astray. Interesting. It talks about us being sheep. That we went astray. So now we are going to write down the verses from First Peter. Okay, we was looking at what First Peter. 22 through 25. So we've got to mark that out. 22. 23. So we're looking at C. Isaiah. Isaiah 7, 
five, six, and Psalms one nineteen. 176. So we are going to look at these verses here real quick. So we need to go to 53, Isaiah 53. We're looking at 5, 7, 6, 5, 6, 7, and 9 in Isaiah 53. So we're looking at 5 first. first. Mouthful, sorry there. Let's see what. Okay, 53. 53 5 okay here we go but he was pierced because of our transgressions and crushed because of our iniquities the chastisement of our shalom was upon him and by his stripes we were healed mm -hmm. okay 6 we all were like sheep gone astray each one of us turned to his own way so Adonai has laid on him the iniquities of us all and we go to seven. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb he led to the slaughter, like a sheep before its shears is silent. So he did not open his mouth. He goes, his grave was given with the wicked, and by by a rich man he was he was dead. Though he had done no violence, nor he was there any deceit in his mouth. So we're going to go back and get these verses and see what it says from C. Okay, we got Luke. Eighteen. Thirty-one through thirty-three. John. One. 10 and 11, Matthew 8, Okay, we didn't need those. Sorry, erase those. We're going to see, which is John 19. Thirty-four through thirty-seven, and Luke, Revelations. There we go. Revelations 1-7, which we've already been over, and then we got D. Acts eight twenty-six through thirty-nine. First Peter two. 21 through 25, and we just got done with 1 Peter. Yes, so we don't need that one. And then there is an E.
Okay, so we see here that he was wounded for our transgressions. And he went to the lamb like a slaughter. So, we've got two more readings. And we will be finishing up on this here. I'm not going to do too much more. Uh, we still got some verses up here. Uh, 55. Isaiah 55, 9 through 11 that we've got to do. And we're going to look at these other verses also. From John to Acts. So, right now I'm going to cut, take a five minute, and we'll be... Alright, so welcome back everybody. So now we're here, and we're going from John 34, this is in chapter 19 through 37, and it says, But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. He, has, he who has seen it has testified... And his testimony is true. He knows that he is telling the truth so that you also may believe or will believe. These things happened so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. Not a bone in his body shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him who they have pierced. Interesting. So now let's go down to Exodus. And we're going to see in Exodus where this is applied and we're talking about Yeshua for the crucifixion of the Lord Exodus 12 we got to go back to 12 now to see this Twelve forty-six. let's see it right here Exodus 46 states, It is not to be eaten inside a single house. You are not to carry the meat out of the house, nor are you to break any of its bones. So it is mentioned in Exodus, you're not to break the bones of the lamb. And the meat thereof. And A takes us right back to John 19. We just looked at John 19, uh, and it gives 33 and 36, so I'll add that to that. We're in Exodus right now. Now let's go to Numbers after I mark this out. Exodus is marked. Let's go to Numbers and see what it says about Numbers. <coughs> Numbers 9, it's a very interesting study. Not very many people have took the time to look up the actual truth. It's only hearsay they live on. It says, they are not to leave any of it until morning, nor break any bones. But the celebrate the Passover, they are to observe it in all regulations. So they are not. To leave any of it until morning. Or break any bones. And they are to celebrate the Passover. This is talking about the lamb. Passover they are to observe all of its regulations. Interesting. That's 9-12. Now let's go to Psalms 34-21.
our hearts rejoice in him because he we trust in his holy name talking about christ 33 let's go 34 actually that was a wrong verse but still it was uplifting 34 12 come children listen to me i will teach you to the fear of adonai so he's going to teach us to fear adonai and that is 34 21 wrong one okay sorry again my mistake and we go here 34 21 he keeps all his bones and not one of them were broken so here we see again the connotative of the bones and it gives john which we are coming up on john here in a few minutes so we have looked at exodus now let's go back to matthew 26 57 through 63 matthew 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 and we need 26 25 26 here we go 57 through 63 now those who had seized yeshua led him away to Caiaphas or Caiaphas, the high codaddle or the Kohen godaddle, where the Torah scholars and the elders gathered. <sighs> Give me a minute, I'll be right back. I'm trying to finish my recordings. <clears throat> all right i'm back everybody sorry somebody was calling me uh you didn't hear anything in the background it was my husband asking about the election okay now let's go back to where we were at we were reading matthew 57 so we see here that Yeshua was led off to Caiaphas, the high priest, and Torah scholars and elders gathered. Peter was following him from a distance as far as the country yard, courtyard of the Kohen, Godad or high priest, and after going inside, he sat with the guards to see the outcome. Then it goes on to say, now, the ruling Kohen and the Sanhedrin kept trying to get false testimony against Yeshua so they could put him to death, but they found none. Though many, many, they broke, they broke a Torah commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness and couldn't get anybody to lie. False witness came. Let's see. Though many false witnesses came forward, at least two came forward and said, this fellow says, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. The Hogi Godaddle 
stood up and said to Yeshua, Have you no answer? And what this they are testifying against you, but Yeshua kept silence. Okay. Then we go on. The Kohen Godado said to him, I charge you under the oath of the living God. Tell me if you are Mashiach bin Elohim. So they was accusing him of being a liar. And he was not a liar, but yet they accused him. John 20. When John 20, 31. Very quickly. Yeah. John 20. Not sure there was nothing on this page that was important either. No, there was no other. Okay, so let's go to John 20 real quick. Well, we're seeing here that Jesus was being accused of being Mashiach of Ben Elohim, which he was the Mashiach, the Son of God, or the Son of Man. And we are going to 20, 31. But these things have been written so that you may know so you may believe that Yeshua is Mashiach bin Elohim, and that by believing, you have life in his name. Sorry there. <laughs> the Father making himself known when I said that. Truth in pudding. Truth in pudding, my friend. He is real. All right. Now... We've covered Matthew. Now let's go to 27, back to Matthew 27. Just a couple passages over you. Judah's remorse. And we're going to 12 to 14. So let's see what 12 says. And while he was accused by the ruling Kohenian elders, he did not answer. Then Pilate said to him, Don't you hear how the many things they testify against you? Yeshua did not answer, not even one word. So the governor was greatly amazed. Mm, interesting. Now during the feast, the governor was acute, accustomed to releasing to the crowd one prisoner, any they wanted. At this time... They had a notorious prisoner called Yeshua Bar Abba. So when they were gathered together, Pilate said to them, Which one do you want me to release you? Yeshua who is Bar Abba or Yeshua who is called the Messiah? Okay. And we read... <laughs> We was only supposed to go 12 to 14, and we went further than 12 to 14, because it's, it's continuing the answer. 
but nevertheless, we know what happened or happened. It's an accusation. Now we're going to go to John 19. Look at 1 through 16. Then Pilate took Yeshua and had him scourged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up at him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and slapping him over and over. Basically, to, uh, this is talking about the crucifixion, what happened. Pilate came out again and said to him, to them, Look, I bring you out to you and let you know that I find no case against him. But Yeshua came out wearing a crown of thorns and a purple robe. Behold the man, Pilate said to them. When the ruling Kohen and the officials said to him, they yelled out, Execute him. So we're seeing the crucifixion happening in real time here. And it goes on, Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and execute him, for I do find a case against him. And the Judean leaders answered him, We have a law, and according to the Torah he must die because he claims to be Ben Elohim. And it goes on to say, And when Pilate heard these words, he became more fearful. He went into the Torah again and asked Yeshua, Where are you from? And Yeshua gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You aren't speaking to me. Do you know that I have the authority to release you and I have the authority to crucify you? Yeshua answered, You would have no authority over me if it hadn't been given to you from above. For this reason, the one who handled, hand, handed me over to you has the greater sin. Pilate tried to let him go after this, but the Judean leaders cried out, saying, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Yeshua out and sat down on a judge's seat at the place called the Stone Pavement. But in Aramaic, it's called Babatha. It was a day of the preparation for Passover, about the sixth hour, noon. And Pilate said to the Judean leaders, Behold your king. They shouted out, Take him away. Take him away. Execute him. Pilate said to them, Should I execute your king, the ruler? Ruling Kohen answered, We have no king but Caesar. Finally, Pilate handed Shua over to be crucified. So we see here, this was what took place during the crucifixion of Jesus. And yes, I'm marking it. You can hear it. So we are in our 15-minute ramp. We've got two more verses, and I'm going to cut here. Maybe I'll read those verses just so you have them.
And it talks about this. We've already went over this actually. 34, 33, and 36. We did 36. We didn't do 33. So I'm going to read through this. And now when they came to Yeshua and saw he was already dead, they did not break his legs. So that's talking about the prophecy of his bones not being broken, the lamb. So we've read that. And next we'll go to Psalms 34, 21. And we will do that the second half. Alrighty, alrighty. Hello, everyone. We are back. So we will go over Zechariah 10. Uh, and this will uh, 1210. This will be the last one. And it says, Then I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication when they will look towards me whom they have pierced. Okay, so he's going to pour out supplication on the house of David. And it goes on to say, we are looking at M, where it talks about the wrath of the Lamb, which is Matthew 29 through 35, which we just looked at previously. Over here it was 29. So let's go to Matthew 24, 29 through 35. I believe we've already looked at this once, the 24. Yeah, we have. We've looked at this before. It says, In those days the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give her light, and the stars will fall from the heavens, and the powers of heavens will be shaken, and then the Son of Man and the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other, and more will follow. That's what it's talking about. To destroy the sinners. Isaiah 13, 6 through 13. So let's go to Isaiah 13. This is one I wanted to look at because this is very interesting. Not very many people pay attention to this verse. Isaiah 13, 6 through 13. Well... For the day of the night is near, and it will come as a destruction from Shaddai. Therefore, all hands will fall limp, and every heart will melt. They will be terrified, and pain and anguish will take hold of them, and they will wither as a woman in labor, and they will look agnostic at one another or hastened at one another and their faces with flame. Behold, the day of Anani comes, cruel, full of wrath and fierce fury, to make the earth desolate and to destroy the sinners from it. For the stars of heaven and their constellations will not give their light, and the rising sun will be darkened, and the moon will not be its light. Uh, and it goes on, I will punish the world for evil, and the wicked for their iniquities. I will put an end to the arrogance of the proud and the abuse of the insolent of the tyrants. I will make my people 
scarce, sacred than gold, even the purest gold of Ophir. So we are rare, and he's going to make us rare by removing us. Therefore, I will make the heavens tremble, and the earth will shake in its place. And he gives us Revelations 8.12, which we will look at shortly. Okay, and it goes on um, with 13. At the wrath of Adonai Tetzov, Tetzovah, in the day of his furiousness. So we're going to hold that. Okay, and we are going to go to Revelations 8. So we no longer need this now. We're going to go back to our book in Revelations 8, 12 and see what that says. That's just one chapter over. And it's the middle of the Great Tribulation. The former like a sounded and the third part of the sun was stricken. And a third part of the moon was stricken and a third part of the stars so that the third of them were darkened and the day did not shine for the third part and likewise the night. Okay, that's interesting. And we go on. And for the great day of his wrath has come and who will not be able to stand? Revelations 22, 14. 22. Fourteen. Blessed are those who keep his laws that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. So there is where we end, where we stand. Will be Who will not be able to stand is talking about those that have not the right to enter heaven. Okay. So we have now completed section six which is the seals. And I am going to begin section seven here in a couple minutes. Uh, we were on the sixth seal. Now we're getting into the seventh seal and the 12 tribes of the earth, which is interesting. This is the sealing thereof that was mentioned prior. 
So we're talking about the the ceiling of the 144,000. So he was alluding prior that the church is part of that 144,000, but there's also Jews in it. And Gentiles. Bringing together the one true church. And it says the seals of the twelve tribes. Okay, and it says, And after these things I saw four Malachim standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth back. So the winds should blow, not blow on the earth, nor on the seas, and nor on any trees. Meaning wind or war. And I saw another Malachi ascend from the earth, having the seal of the living father, or Abba. And he cried with a loud voice, saying to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the seas. War. And we've already looked at this. Saying, hurt not the earth, neither the seas nor the trees, until I have sealed the servants of our father, our father, in their foreheads, Abba. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, and there were sealed 144,000 of all tribes of the children of Israel. And it goes on describing these tribes. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. Of Gad, 12,000. Of Asher, 12,000. Of Nephli, or Nephtali, 12,000. Of Manasseh, 12,000. Of Simeon, 12,000. Of Levi, 12,000. Of Ishakar, 12,000. Of Zublin, 12,000. Of Yosef, 12,000. Of Benjamin, 12,000. And these are the names of the tribes. You notice Dan's missing. Yosef. Uh, replaced it, and or Simeon, shall I say, replaced it, and Yosef replaced it, Ephraim. But you still have Reuben and the others, or Benjamin, Yosef, Zublin, Levi, or Levi, Simeon, Manasseh, Nephtali, Asher, God, Ruban, and Judah. And these were the tribes mentioned. You carry this back to the original, talking about the churches of the the brother of the womb. The two brothers in the womb. That's what it's referring to. This is the brothers of the womb, the twins. Okay, the, mult the multitude that come out of the great tribulation. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nation, tribes, people, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and with palm branches, taught to, uh, palm branches, taught to keep Yahuwah's feasts in their hand. And carrying with a loud voice saying, Salvation of our Father who sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb. Okay. Um, it goes on to say 
that all the Maleko stood around the throne, the elders and the four living creatures fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped Yahuwah. So the Maleka bow down, these leaders bow down, saying, Hallelujah, blessed and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might belong to our Father forever and ever. Hallelujah and amen. So we'll go back and look at this. Who is this multitude that they're talking of? It refers to the top version, who this multitude is. So it goes, so we go in and we're going to mark multitude. Which is W, or I will. It says, add to the 144,000 all of the overcomers since Abel. Okay. So these are added to the Old Testament leaders and overcomers. And then we go into X, are given white robes, and they have palm leaves in their hands, waving them. That's the righteous saints of salvation. And that's in Revelations 19, 7 and 8. So let's go to Revelations 19. 7 and 8. See what it says there. 19, 7 and 8. It says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and the house of Yahuwah. All the virgins who have been chosen have made themselves ready. And to them was granted that they should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the linen, fine linen, is righteousness of the saints. So here we see D is referring to his law, gladness in his law, for his law, by his law, and his wives, or uh, wife, his two wives is shown here the two churches and they're arraigned get it reigned in white garments okay surpassive whiteness is what it says and j is the righteousness of the saints let's go to deuteronomy i want to hold this here mark this page where we're at because we're still talking about Revelation 7 and we're going to go to Deuteronomy real quick before I end this evening and pick back up so we're going to go to Deuteronomy 625 is what we're looking at here. And verse 25. Here we go. And it will be righteousness to us if we take care to do all the commandments before Adonai our God and just as he has commanded us. But we also uh, must remember with these commands that he gives us or the laws 
They are written upon our hearts and minds. That's how it's done through salvation. And we are to come before the Father and offer our sins as a sacrifice or offer ourselves as a living sacrifice of forgiveness with him. That's how it works. That's how he works. And in Hebrew, it means tezeke or tezeki, priests. And, it, and it's described in Romans 9, 31 and 10, 3. I'm not going to read that because we've already touched on that. But I will read one verse out of Romans, which is 9, 31. Uh, let's see here, 931. And here's what it says, 931. But Israel, who pursues the Torah of righteousness, did not reach the Torah. Why? Because they pursued it not by faith but as if it were from works. Just as it is written, Behold, I lay Zion a stone of a stumbling block and a rock of offering. Whoever believes in him shall not be put to shame. Brothers and sisters, my heart desireth and pray that God of Israel is for your salvation. And this is what Paul was stating. It's based on faith, not what you're taught. So, you can't get it by works or any other way. That's what he's saying. So, I'm going to end it here.